Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Well, hey, let's uh, let's do that every week, yeah? Yeah? Uh, I think we can do it every week. Uh, uh, man, thank you so much for coming tonight. I don't even know what this is. What is this, Chris? It's like a, it's like a box. Should I kick it over here? I don't want to step on it and break it. Here we go. Uh, they don't trust me with toys around here. Okay. Uh, again, my name is Corey, lead pastor here at Redemption. So uh, thank you so much for coming tonight. I know you guys were coming through the rain. And and uh, and for those of you who have kids who are going back to school, um, I know that you're at a place where it's just kind of chaotic, chaotic right now and, and hectic. And uh, right after this, you're going to have to go uh, to the grocery store, which, by the way, pro tip, Go to the Deerbergs on uh, Manchester because they have a parking garage. You can go underneath, just like ride the escalator up, and you don't have to get out in the rain. Okay, just pro tip. Uh, but beyond that, I know that you have to go, you know, like pack some bento lunch boxes so that uh, the mean moms don't, you know, like one up you and get mad at you, right? Uh, and for some of you, you guys are teachers and you're not even like, you know, parents, and uh, and you got to deal with mean moms too. So, and if you're a mean mom, don't be a mean mom, all right? So anyway, welcome, uh, and so thanks so much for being here and in 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 you know the chaos you came, and so it really means a lot. And I just want to say this, I think that, you know, it's really interesting, every single week, we give hours to things like the gym, for example. Uh, I, was, I had a surgery, and so I couldn't go to the gym. And so then uh, I had eight weeks off, and I just got back to the gym, it felt great. So I gave three hours this past week to the gym, and the reality is, like, we give hours to things like that, because we know that it's healthy for us, it benefits us, and how much more should we give to the church, right? And so, uh, thank you so much for being here tonight, it just really means a lot. Well, have you ever been um, to a place where you have um, been sitting across the table from somebody, and after some conversation, they kind of lean into the table, and they, they look across, and they get really serious and quiet and somber, and they're looking dead into your eyes, and you're wondering at that moment, like, what are they thinking? Like, what is going to come out of their mouth? And they look at you sideways, and they say this, why are you the way that you are? Right? Has it ever happened to you? Uh, it's happened to me when, um, I mean, typically it's uh, typically an introvert saying to me as an extrovert, why are you the way that you are? Um, if you are a bored person, I am not. And I'm not saying like bored, like boring, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure somebody in here is kind of boring, right? It's okay. Uh, you know, not everybody can be super exciting. But I'm saying like board games, okay. The very first time that I played Settlers of, it's Catan or Catan. Which one is it? Catan, Catan. Catan? Okay. I don't even know, right? I don't even know. All I know is I remember like looking at them. I'm like, how long does this take to set up? 45 minutes? Okay, well, how long is the game? Three hours? And I'm like, why are you the way that you are, you know? And uh, that's a good question, by the way, to ask them, okay? Let's just pause for a second. Like, why are they the way that they are? No, I'm joking. Um, but why are they the way they are? Why are people the way they are? Why are you the way that you are? Well, last week, I was sitting down and talking to a pastor locally and, and one of his deacons, and, and they kind of just asked the question, like, hey, why is redemption the way that redemption is? Like, why are you the way that you are? Well, explain to me, right? And they, they asked some good questions. 
And so what we're going to do today is we're going to be talking about why redemption is the way that it is. We launched a three-week series starting today called Mission Critical for the Love of God. And so we're going to be looking at uh, this week, uh, this specific week, we're going to be talking about vision culture. I'll explain that in a second. But um, really the overarching theme of these three weeks is why are we the way that we are? And, and, you know, in that same conversation with the pastor and and, and the deacon I was talking to you about, um, one of the things I said was, I said, just to be clear, my uh, second most important duty as a pastor is preaching, second most. And um, there was kind of a pause, and I was like, because I believe that my first most important priority is vision casting. I believe it's keeping the mission and the vision front and center. Uh, If not, we experience mission drift. You'll see this um, photo. This is a sailboat, okay? But you can barely tell that it's a sailboat, right? If I told you it was basically any other object, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I I could, you know, see that. So it's a sailboat you can barely tell, but the reality is give it, you know, 20 minutes of travel and it becomes what? A dot. It's not a sailboat anymore to us. It's just a dot. And the problem with mission drift is this, that if if we allow mission drift to happen, then our mission or our vision in an organization is no longer the sailboat. It's now the dot. And so my goal, my job is to keep mission and vision uh, forefront, right at the center, right? So at your office, uh, you may no longer understand why it's important for you to get your TPS reports under the Quality Assurance Office. But that matters. I see some of you shaking your head. You're like, yes. But that matters little in the grand scheme of life, right? Like truly, if you don't get your TPS reports under the Quality Assurance Office, uh, by the way, great, great movie, right, Office. Uh, but like, you know, if you don't get those reports in, like, who cares? In the end, it, it's, it's not going to change eternity. But if you don't understand why it matters for you to invite a friend to church and to see their eternity changed, it matters. Like, that really matters, okay? If you don't understand why we are working so hard to create a warm and welcoming environment, like, I love today, <laughs> Craig Bodenschatz, this dude is full of grit, okay? I don't know where he's, there he is, like, just quietly being himself. Love him. Love this guy. I love, other volunteers come to me and they go, he's outside with a metal umbrella in the rain waving to people. And I'm like, he's just built different. Like, I love it, okay? And then I was like, bro, come inside. It's fine. Like, I get it. I, I, I love it. Like, you want to love them? I, I mean, amazing. So he comes inside. Next thing I know, he's holding the sign at, like, at the door, on the side door. And as people are driving in, he's opening the door and, like, waving at them, holding the sign saying, hey, it's great to see you. Love it. Love that, right? But if you don't understand why Craig, uh, why his heartbeat beats the way that it does, like th- there might be an issue. And, and at the end of the day, mission drift is a big thing, and we have to fight for it. We have to fight uh, against mission drift. We have to rage against that, um, and I'm going to rage against it, okay? Um, we have to make sure that we are fighting for mission and vision to be held at the forefront. And so um, we can't afford for mission drift to happen. We can't afford to uh, become less gritty as a church. We can't, be, um, we can't afford to um, be uh, less outreach-oriented as a church. And so these are things that we have to do, okay? If we're, if we're going to do anything good with our lives, uh, I don't even know why. Like, if we're not going to do these things with excellence, why would we even be here? So excellence, let me define it, is this. Excellence is this. It's doing all that you can with all that you currently have. And the reality is this, that like at Redemption, we don't have a lot. We really don't. Um, We don't have a ton. But with all that we have currently, uh, you better bet we're going to do everything that we can to see people who are lost be saved in Christ, right? And so uh, today we're going to be talking about that. And one thing that we can control 
is mission drift. And we're going to rage against mission drift. And I'm going to rage against it. And the reason that I'm going to rage against it is this quote by Goethe. This is an incredible quote. He says, uh, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. So today we're going to talk about the things that matter the most. And we're going to look at them through the lens of Jesus. We're going to look at them through his words, through his eyes. And, uh, and then I think what we're going to see is the things that we thought were really important. Maybe you grew up in, you know, big, like, denominational, like, arguments and things like that. And, like, you know, this, like, this theology over this theology. But it's, like, kind of, like, it's not, like, a big theology. We're going to talk about theology in a second. But it's, like, more of a smaller issue. But it's a big, it's all of a sudden a big deal. I think what we're going to see is, like, those things, they don't, they don't matter that much. Because there are things that matter more than, uh, than those. So we're going to uh, look at these five questions. Who, what, why, how, and if. Aristotle made these really famous. Um, Plato uh, started them. Aristotle kind of made them famous. And we're not going to look at uh, where and when, but we're going to look at who, what, why, how, and if. And uh, Andy Stanley says this. He says, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. It's a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. And this reverberates in my heart when I think about leading redemption. Um, when we lead uh, any organization, okay, you need to learn from this quote. And, and, when, and for me, as I lead this church, I need to be living out this quote. It's a clear mental picture of what could be. My goal today is to give you a clear mental picture uh, of what this church could look like, okay, and, and what it hopefully is going to look like over the next six months. But the, but the bigger thing is that we have to leave with a collective conviction that those things should come into fruition. Those things should actually happen, okay? Um, and so, have you ever heard this before? Have you ever heard the saying, people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses? You heard that before? It's the number one reason that people leave a job, by the way, is their boss, okay? It's not bad payment. Uh, the reality is what we're seeing is uh, millennials, more than any other generation, is like willing to take a pay cut um, if they have a boss that they love and if they have a job that has purpose, okay? And the millennials are like, amen, yes, totally. Like, uh, inflation's out the window anyway, so it doesn't matter right? Like, uh, we're not making any money. It's fine, whatever, right? But uh, we're okay. We're okay with all these other things as long as we like our boss. Well, I would say this, that, that people also don't quit churches um, because of X, Y, and Z. I think that people quit failing leaders and failing vision. I stand by that. I believe it. I think they quit failing leaders and failing vision. And so today what we want to do is we want to keep uh, vision, you know, forefront. Um, people choose churches because of these three things. Uh, preaching, uh, number one. Number two, kids ministry. Number three, worship. Every survey that comes out over the last two, uh, three, four um, decades, okay, has been that. Preaching, right, worship, kids ministry, in that order. Um, and then the next thing that we see is this, that uh, a recent study showed that people switch churches for many reasons too. 83% of Americans have chosen a different church because of preaching, so interesting. 79% um, said that their new church made them feel more welcome. Again, like why do we work so hard to be hospitable? Why do we work so hard to care for and love people who are coming through the doors for the first time? Many of you here are, are in that camp. Uh, because uh, we believe that, that God loves you and we believe that you matter. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but 79% but of, of, of people said they made a switch because the new church made them feel more welcome. 74% said that they preferred a new style of worship. Okay, but I don't really care about these numbers that much, and this is why. Because all of these numbers come from who? People that are already in the church. And what we've seen over the last decade, two decades, is a lot of, like, just switching churches. Yeah, okay. Like, in the end, like, this church down the road, it's just a little cooler. It does things a little differently. I like it. I'm going to go there. 
but at the end of the day, we don't want to see that. What we want to see is a net gain of those who don't know Jesus coming to know Jesus. That means that people who are unchurched, de-churched and never church, meaning they, they've left the church because they're upset with the church, right? Or they were never churched. We want to see those people in the church. And so I don't really care too much about these numbers. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, what this means is this. That for us, um, going back to the idea of uh, different theologies and people quitting failing visions and leaders and all these things, it, we, we want to keep this quote right here uh, in the center for this moment. Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if we stay. It, Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if we stay by Keith Green. He says this. So what this means at Redemption is that we're a church on the move. That We don't want, we don't want to be a church that is stagnant. We don't want to be a church that just sits and stays and stews over things. But instead, we want to be on the move. And what that also means is this, that we don't major on the minors. Uh, we don't major on the minors. Uh, we, we major on the majors, and we minor on the minors. But what that means is we don't make mountains out of molehills, uh, things that are really small and insignificant, right? Like this theological idiosyncrasy over this one, we don't, we don't go between those. What we do, though, is we keep the big things about God big, and we keep the things that he's given us liberty to talk about over here small. And uh, speaking of molehills, by the way, the Ericsons, I was over at their house the other day, and they have traps all over their yard. I don't know that they've caught any moles. Have you caught any moles? You caught some. Okay. But maybe they need some help. So if you, if you have like a, you know, exterminator, uh, just send them their way. I think they might need it. I don't want to see uh, David going, you know, all like Bill Murray. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, we don't have, okay. So we don't make mountains out of molehills. We want to be, uh, be sure that we are majoring on the majors. We're minor on the minors. And, and this is not a... a, a taskmaster, micromanaging mentality, because this is, this is what Jesus gave us. Like, he gave us this work, all right? And so we say this at, at Redemption, when we go with Jesus, we grow in Jesus. When we go with Jesus, we grow in Jesus. The idea that you can um, grow in Jesus but not go with him, the idea that you can uh, grow in your faith but not be on mission with Jesus, it doesn't, doesn't compute. It doesn't work out. Jesus would never support this, right? Um, and so we believe that when we go with him, when we're on mission with him, then we grow in him and we grow in our spiritual maturity. At Redemption, we also say this, that we exist for them for the sake of him. So we exist for them, the people who are unchurched, de-churched, never-churched, the people that are not here yet. We exist to see them come to Christ. Uh, but we exist for them, for whose sake? For Christ, because he called us to do this, right? So it's our, this is the purpose and the mission that we have, and we're going to talk about that. Luke 19, uh, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. These are the words of Jesus. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is what he wanted to do. This is what he came to do. And, and so if our lives aren't about that, then I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, are our lives about following him? Because he's the one that we're following. And if that's if it's his mission, then it needs to be our mission as well. At Redemption, we work to reach the least, the last, the lost, and the leftovers, the people that um, the religion and the, and the church and the world has just kind of spit out. So that's what we want to go after and, and, and see, see them come to know Christ and let them know that he loves them. So i got to be honest, though, there's been like a little bit of misunderstanding, or there has been misunderstanding over the last two years uh, for people at Redemption. And the reality is um, that if you don't understand why we're doing what we're doing, uh, here it's just a degree or two off. But a year from now, it might be a, a mile of divergence, right? It might be two miles of divergence. 
And so we have to get on the same page uh, when it comes to this. And so every year, we're going to be talking about our vision culture. As you walked in today, you got the vision culture card. And so I want you to go ahead and pull that out. And we're going to be spending the rest of our time uh, going through that and kind of talking about why it matters so, in, uh, so, so much. Why is it so important? If you don't have a pen, go ahead and slip up your hand and we'll make sure that we get you one. Um, and if you need a card, go ahead and slip up your hand and we'll make sure that we get you one as well. And if you're like, you know what, I don't want to slip up my hand, you can just walk outside and grab them. But uh, PJ's got them for us. And so we're going to make sure that everybody gets one. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal. Why a vision culture? It's because this. Every organization has a vision. Every organization has a mission. I think, I'm actually serious about this. I think when you register your um, LLC, well, I don't know about an LLC. I do know this. For a nonprofit, you have to like register that with the state. So there's like a, a you know, mission and purpose. You have to register that. So everybody has something. The problem is this, with a lot of organizations, when you ask them, like, hey, tell me about your mission or your vision, they go, oh, man, well, I just can't remember it right now, right? Uh, because it's, it's, you know, years old, it's, it's, it's three paragraphs long, and because this is the problem, that vision statements die on walls, but vision culture permeates those walls. I, I remember going into a tire shop before the one that I go to now. By the way, the one I go to now is Telly Tire in Sunset Hills. Go to them. They're incredible. But before I went to Telly Tire, uh, and they, they live just a great vision for their, their company. They're amazing. They're just, oh, they're unbelievable. That's why they're like exploding right now. They have so many stores all over the place now. But um, before that, I went to this, this tire shop and I remember seeing their vision, and it was, it, was, it was framed, good for them, one point, right? But the problem is this, that the sun had hit it, and over the years, it just bleached it out. So much so that when you walked up to it, you couldn't even really read the words of the vision anymore. And it just goes to show that vision statements, they die on walls, typically from the sun bleaching them out. But vision culture permeates those walls. And so what we want to do today is talk about our vision culture, our DNA, the building blocks of who we are, why the organization moves and breathes. We're answering the question again. Remember, why are you the way that you are? That's what we're answering today. Okay, so at the bottom uh, right, you're going to see uh, of this pyramid. Um, and by the way, the bottom part there, the, like the biggest, the strongest part that's holding up the entire pyramid is beliefs. And it's kind of hidden over here uh, behind the drum set. By the way, um, you know, church plant, right? And, uh, and so we get to rent this space that is not ours, but we get to rent it every single week. And, and I, I just want you to hear from me. Like, I am so grateful that we're here. I'm so grateful that we get to work with Jubilee. I'm grateful for Brian Mowry, the, the lead pastor of Jubilee, and, and their leadership. Um, but it also doesn't come without its, you know, its struggles. Today we walked in and there were no chairs in here. You're like, hey, why is there like half the chairs in here? Well, because there was none. And so uh, the worship team and, and, and I, we, you know, set them all up. And then uh, we basically moved a bunch of other stuff and cleaned the lobby and all this stuff. And the, the volunteers came early and did all this, which was incredible. So I just want you to give it up for them for, for doing all this. Yeah, come on. Attitude of gratitude, let's go. And, uh, but I'm really grateful that we get to be here, um, but also church plant, right? And so um, anyway, that's why uh, if you're looking at this and you're like, I can't see, I'll help you out as best I can. But there's a, there's a drum set blocking this that normally isn't here. Normally it's over there. Okay. So uh, the very bottom, it says beliefs. Okay, this is who we are. All right, now on the, on the bottom right, you're going to see there's, uh, on your card, you're going to see a bullseye there. And in the middle, I want you to draw an arrow to that and write the word die, D-I-E, die, okay? Uh, the next ring, I want you to write the word defend. And then the outer ring there, I want you to write the word discuss. 
die, defend, discuss. Okay, so basically what this means is this. In, in the center of that bullseye, is, it's, it's the things that we will die for. Like the beliefs that, 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 that Christians have held for 2,000 plus years. Those are the beliefs that we are going to die for. And these are what they are, okay? Uh, number one, the Trinity. That God is the only eternally existing, holy, and sovereign being. And God exists in three persons. So we kind of cheat here. Uh, but underneath the Trinity, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father. The Father is the creator and sustainer of all things. Jesus Christ, Jesus alone is our Savior. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in all believers to convict us and empower us. And then number two, uh, we move on to the Bible. It's the inspired word of God. Number three, people. We are created in the image of God. Number four, sin. All people are sinners and need God's forgiveness. And number five, salvation. We are only saved through Jesus Christ's uh, perfect life, death, and resurrection. Now listen to me. That is something that we, we, we do not like falter on. We don't change. It, it, it's never going to change. Like these beliefs, they don't change. And the fact is that Jesus, he's the only person that can save us. We believe that wholeheartedly. What that means is, is that Allah can't save you, and Buddha can't save you, and you can't save you. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself. And that's the gospel, okay? So um, there are other beliefs that are in the defend and in the discuss. And if you want to talk about those, let's talk about them. Um, if they're in defend, like, you know, I'll have like a you know, stronger conversation in some ways with you. Uh, if they're in the discuss... Whatever, whatever you believe on them, I don't care, you know. Um, but these are the words, or th these are the, the, the beliefs that we, we die for. And so die, defend, discuss. Okay, so that bottom, um, that bottom row there, okay, this is who we are, beliefs. It's the thing that holds up everything else. The second thing here is values, who we are becoming. This is who we are becoming, okay. And uh, we believe this. We believe at Redemption that your values should be measurable, Okay. They should be measurable. Now, um, if you said, like, hey, I really value my health and fitness, but, like, you went to the gym twice a year, can you really say that you value your health and fitness? No, of course not. Like, that's a joke. Like, we all, we all know that to be true. Like, we know that to be true. So then, if you said, like, man, I really value church, could you, like, go on, like, Christmas and Easter and, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you know, to him or her with ears, may you hear when we value something, that means we're committed to it. It means we're there. It's something that we do, right? If you value something, then it's something that you do often. And so uh, I'm going to give you our values. Um, there's five of them. And the one, the first one's kind of hard to measure, like just honestly. Um, so we break the rule on that one. But live for Jesus. And this is, you know, like when you go to your kid's uh, soccer game or when you go to poker night or when you go out to eat and you're tipping your server or when you're in the grocery store and, you know, whatever, like, this right here, it's kind of hard to measure, but it's also something that you just know you're doing when you're doing it, right? Okay, so live for Jesus. Number two, uh, spend time with God. This is uh, spending time reading the Bible. It's spending time praying. It's spending time uh, worshiping. Like, w what is the type of music that you listen to um, in the mornings and in the evenings? And also, like, you know, what does it look like on the weekends? Do you make church a priority? And number three, connect in circles. This is community groups, okay, partly. Um, it, we like to say this at Redemption, that you can be inspired in a row, but life change happens in a circle. 
And so right here tonight, I hope that you leave inspired. I hope that you leave, you know, excited about, uh, you know, redemption and the future and, and, and what this church could be for you. But at the end of the day, life change, like your actual life changing doesn't really happen here. It happens in a circle of believers who can hold you accountable and talk to you and love you through hard things, okay? So you can be inspired in a row, but life change happens in a circle. And the other thing that we like to say here, we end every service, you'll hear it today, is that a church that lingers last. And so what we want you to do is, like, form circles after the service. Linger with each other, all right? We have, like, some college students back today, and it's awesome. And so we want to welcome them back and say, hey, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And, uh, but that means that you form a circle with them and say, welcome. We're glad you're here, okay? Um, make an impact, all right? Uh, this is through serving, volunteering inside the church and outside the church. And, um, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the service. And then grow in generosity, okay? We freely receive what we have, and so we freely give. And we want to give uh, beyond 10% here at Redemption is, is the goal. Not all of us do that, you know, and we're getting towards uh, giving more. But, like, we want to be growing in our generosity. And the reason that we want to do that is because we want to be known as people in the community that other people look to and go, they're just, like, they're, they're radically generous. The things that they can do or the things they have done, they're just, they're, they're, it's radical. And, uh, and you know, the, the reality is that, um, these bottom uh, things here, okay, the bottom two levels, let's go to the next, uh, to the pyramid, um, the values and the beliefs, these things are, are things that every organization has. Every organization has these things, and they hold up the entire pyramid. They're like the most important uh, when it comes to uh, creating the pyramid. All right, next thing here, uh, but let's answer the question, why? Why do we do the things that we do. The, the, the bottom things there is, is the who on the left. You can barely see it because the symbols. But who? But the question is why? Why do we do the things that we do? I think that if, if, uh, if I ask you the question, uh, why does the church exist? I believe that 99% of you would get it wrong. And I think you would get it wrong because before I really had this explained to me, um, I would have gotten it wrong. Before I really sat through some of this uh, style of teaching and really discovered the church in a different way, I would have said this. I would have said that the church, the why behind the church is that we exist to see people who are lost come to Christ. That we exist to see people who are spiritually dead come alive in Christ. And I don't believe that's the truth. That's the mission. That's the what of what we do. But it's not the why. It's not the purpose. It's not, it's not what's behind the mission. So... Um, when I was a little kid, I, um, you know, I used to go shopping with my parents all the time. And, uh, and so we had Kmart, right? You guys remember Kmart? Um, crazy Kmart. This is like back in the day, uh, before, you know, some like, I don't know, uh, stock scandal, right? There was a big old stonk issue. And, uh, anyway, but, uh, people went to prison. It was nuts. But okay, Kmart. So they were like a monolith. They were a big deal. Well, uh, we would go, we typically did our shopping on like a Friday night, and I would go with my parents, and I hated it. I was like, I just want to go be with my friends and do hood rat stuff, and instead I was like hanging out in Kmart, right? So I had to like do some hood rat stuff in, in Kmart. So what I did was this. I, uh, these, these like things right here, they're the, you know, the clothing racks, um, they were awesome. Like now, like all the clothing racks, they have like straight arms, right? And, and like that's just how they're set up now. Back then, they were like these huge circles. And you could go in there, and it was like Narnia. Like you would get lost in these things. It was wild. I found a dead rat in there one time, and I was like, that's not sanitary. And, you know, it, it, it's just crazy in there. There's so much like room for like activities. And so I'm, I'm in, in this, uh, I would go in these like big circles of clothing. 
and my goal is I would, you know, I was like smaller then, right? So I didn't fill it up as much. And I would like sit down and then like I would wait for like a passerby to come through. And then I would reach out and grab him by the ankle, you know? <laughs> and then like watch him scream, ah! You know, it was amazing. And, uh, and it wasn't just my parents. Like I would do it to old ladies too. It was great. And, uh, and so anyway, I'm in there and I'm like just waiting for somebody. And I'm like snickering. <laughs> I think half the time they heard me because I was laughing before I ever even did it, right? Um, so I don't think I was doing great at it. But anyway, so uh, I'm sitting, sitting in there, and, and uh, all of a sudden, like, there's like, nobody there. Three minutes goes by, four minutes goes by, there's nobody. And I'm like, it's really weird. So um, I, like, come out of Narnia, right, and t- I say goodbye to Tumnus, right? <laughs> I walk out. And so I'm like, I'm, like, trying to find my parents. If you don't get the Tumnus reference, it's fine. Uh, and so anyway, so I, I get out there, and I'm like, I'm, like, looking for my parents, and I can't find them anywhere. And, and I'm like, that's weird. So then I was like, okay, they're probably in the toy aisle. So I'm going to run to the toy aisle, and they're going to be in the toy aisle there waiting, like, looking for me. So I run to the toy aisle, and there's nobody. And so now I'm like, man, like, this is, I start to panic a little bit. I'm like, all right, you know what? Uh, they're probably in the cleaning aisle. No, no, nobody in the clean. Okay, the pet aisle, nobody in the pets. And I'm, like, freaking out. And it's at this point where I'm, like, I'm in, like, Black Mirror, right? I'm in an episode of Black Mirror. I'm in an episode of, like, you know, the Twilight Zone or something like that. Like, Ashton Kutcher's going to walk out and be, like, you're punked, you know? And, uh, and so, anyway, uh, I try to hit everybody with those references there. They're, like, spanning decades. They're spanning decades. So, anyway, I'm in there, and, uh, and I'm freaking out. I'm running around. And, like, it's at this point where I'm, like, okay, I, I, I'm a country boy, by the way. I was, I was hanging out with PJ on the weekend. I was, like, you know, I, like, I dressed up nice, right? But I'm country through and through, right? I'm just, I'm just country, okay? So, um, you know, it was at this point where I was like, my skills, like I've been working on this for the last four years. I'm four years old. Like, let's go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the outdoor section. I'm going to pitch a tent. I'm going to start a fire in Kmart. I'm going to, like, get some beef jerky. I don't know. But, like, we're going to make this thing work. You know, country boy can't survive. And so, anyway, I'm so excited about this. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. I'm, so, at this time, I, like, hear over the intercom, Corey Ball, come to register six. Corey Ball. Please report to register six. Because back then, they called kids in the store because we didn't know that people would take them. It was the weirdest thing. Now, they don't do that, by the way. Safety for kids, it's good. But back then, they're like, Corey Ball, come to register six. And so I start running and sprinting to register six. And when I get there, guess who's waiting for me? My parents. My parents are there. And my parents are looking at me, and I'm crying, and they're visibly emotional as well. And, 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 And the reality is that that they were searching for me, and when they couldn't find me, they went to the front, and then they called for my name. And, and, you know, 30 years later, I'm convinced that the reason that my parents just didn't just leave the store and leave me there is because they'd be arrested for child neglect, right? That's it. Like, that's the only reason. Um, Otherwise, they'd say, good luck, you know, country boy can survive, right? Good luck. Um, No, the the reason they searched for me and the reason they, they didn't stop until they found me is because of one four-letter word, L-O-V-E. They loved me. That's it. They loved me. And what I realized that day is this. There's nothing like being found when you're lost. There's nothing like being found when you're lost. Why did Jesus come to the earth. Why did God send his son? Well, Stone Cold, uh, you know, popularized this verse in the NFL then. And, but before that, uh, the OG, Jesus, he says this, for God so loved the world. He's talking to Nicodemus and he says, for God so loved the world. It was because of his love. 
a few times uh, redemption people uh, or people who have come through redemption uh, have accused me earlier, main, mainly, hey, uh, you care a little bit about numbers. Totally. Like guilty as charged. Yeah, I do. I really do. I care a lot about numbers. Like I'm not satisfied until this room is bursting at the seams. And then we have another service. And then like we plan another church. But why? Why is that? It's because this. Because every number represents a story. Every story represents a person. And every person matters to God. That's it. Every person matters to God. If you're here for the first time and you're like, I don't know that I believe in all this. Like you matter to God. Every number represents a story. Every story represents a person. Every person matters to God. And if you believe that every person matters to God, and if, if you believe this, that God's desire, according to 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, is that everyone would be saved, then we have to care about numbers. And we can't be satisfied until the church is growing. And so um, why do people matter to God? Because for God so loved the world. Because he loves and so at Redemption, we, we care about people, and we always will, and we care about numbers, and we always will. So, um, so what do we do? Um, the mission, uh, it, it can change from church to church. Let me just say that. We have, we have some people here that are visiting from other churches, and, and the reality is that mission can change from church to church. And one mission isn't, isn't, isn't you know, better than another mission, because here's the reality. The reality is we can't choose the mission. <laughs> like here at Redemption, there's nothing we can do to choose the mission. Um, you know, over at other churches in our community, they can't choose the mission. Why? Because God set the mission. It's his mission. He set it. All we get to do is repackage it, which is cool, okay? And so here at Redemption, uh, our, you know, awesome, cool version of the repackaged mission is this, uh, to help the people of Kirkwood and the surrounding areas meet, know, and live for Jesus. By the way, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We are not meeting in Kirkwood. <laughs> Hello, right? Um, and we haven't for a while. For a while, we met in De Pere, and now we're in Sunset Hills, um, but, but this will change. We're kind of like in this you know, transitory phase, and so we're waiting to get a little more permanent um, into a lease or a purchase, right? But until we get to that, uh, it's going to read to help the people of Kirkwood and the surrounding areas. And wherever we land, it's going to shift. It's going to change to wherever we're at, okay? Um, and so if we end up in Sunset Hills, it's going to say to help the people of, of Sunset Hills and the surrounding areas meet no one for Jesus. But the reality here is that we can't change the mission. God chose it for us. And so this is where we get it from, okay? This is where the mission comes from. Uh, in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. It's the Great Commission. Okay, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. John 20, 21, and again Jesus said, hear this, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus sent us out to fulfill the mission that he started. Ed Stetzer says this, he says, the church is sent on mission by Jesus. Now hear this, it's not that we, the church, has a mission, or, or it's not that the church has a mission, but rather that the mission has a church. We join Jesus on his mission. So the agency of the church was created to fulfill the mission that Jesus began. That's it. So it's a chicken and egg conundrum, like which one came first? The mission came first, not the church. The mission came first. Jesus came here to start a mission, and we are given the mission to help him fulfill it. And so we want to keep the mission front and center, and that's the mission, right? But the why, the purpose, is God's love. Okay, um, let, me, let me say this. If you, 
hear me. If, if you are coming from a tradition that you feel like, hey, it was so religion heavy, and it was a list of to-dos, and it was a list of all these things, like if I didn't, if I, if I weren't perfect, if I wasn't, you know, a perfect person, then like I, I was never accepted into, the, into their group or whatever it was, okay? Like that's, that is toxic religion. And, and hear me, Jesus doesn't operate that way. Toxic religion works bottom up, but I want you to see this, that Jesus works top down. This is how toxic religion works. Toxic religion works like this. Do you believe everything that we believe? You, oh, you, oh, you do. Okay. All right. Check, right? On the left there. Check. Hey, let me, let me move up because this is like a whole interview. It's a whole application and you got to pass, right? So like, let's go up to the second, second uh, round there, right? Like, do you value all that we value, aka do you behave like us? Do you act like us? Like, do you not, like, you know, smoke, drink, curse, or chew, go with girls that do? Yeah? Okay. All right, cool. Good. Check. Okay, next thing. All right, can you get on board with why we are here? Yeah? You agree with that, too? Okay. Cool. We might be getting another person. All right, guys, it's okay. Just, like, just calm down, all right? I know we're all excited, but they have to, they have to pass this fourth round here. Like, now... Uh, I think, you can, I think you can be with us now, and you can be on mission. You want to be on mission with Yeah? Okay, you're in, right? You agree with exactly how we do it? Yeah, then you're in. But that's not Jesus. That's not him. He didn't do that. He, he didn't create applications and, and, and loopholes for everybody to jump through and make sure that they were, you know, going through these, these small, narrow places to, to get with him. Now, for you to follow him, Scripture says this. Scripture says that the way is narrow. Like, if you're really going to follow Jesus, it's really, it's really clear. It's very simple. Like, he's the only way. There's no other way. And so we have to do that. Like, this is true. Okay, but hear this. This is what Jesus, he operates top down, okay? He says that, that you are who I came for. Like, you're, you're what I came for. You're who I came to save. I love you, right? You're who I came to save. And, and why? Because I love you. Down, right? Stick with me, and, and you'll begin to value the things that I value. You'll begin to behave like I behave. And if you stick with me even longer, you'll start to believe the things that I believe. You see that? It's very different. Read the Gospels. Like, look at the life of Jesus. It's so different. So let me hear, uh, or, or, or let me say you the, or, or tell you this about, about redemption. Uh, we, we're a top-down church. We're a top-down church, Right? If you're here and you don't believe like us, great, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, if you're here and you're like, hey, I don't, I don't know that I believe in the mission. I don't know that I believe that you, you know, that God loves me. Okay, just keep hanging out. Some people are here just because they want to make friends. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, truly, glad you're here. Okay, so real quick, uh, we're going to breeze through the rest of the strategies. Um, uh, oh, by the way, everything um, underneath that line there, it doesn't really change, okay? Um, some of them can't change. Beliefs, they can't change. If, if somebody tells you, oh, no, like, God's still revealing everything and, and he's changing. No, he, no. Scripture's really clear. He doesn't change, okay? So, like, if, if there's a church that tells you, like, God's still revealing all these things and the Bible's being added to, don't go to that church. They're heretics. Okay, second thing, I'm just being honest. We can talk about that, if, you know, whatever, but it's true. All right, values, uh, behaviors, okay, those things, like, they can change church to church, but we set them and, like, you know, those are pretty much unchanging. Purpose, we don't get to change that. That's God, right? He, he set that in mission. He set that. We don't get to change that. So everything below the line there, it's going to stay the same. But above the line, we get to change that, okay? So strategies is the next thing. And uh, so, so this is, uh, you know, the, the, the strategies there is how we're going to do it. How we're going to do it. And so it's this. 
Sunday service, it's Outreach Forward. We want to be a church that's open to non-believers. We want to be a church that's connecting to those who don't yet know Jesus. And we want to make disciples. And then, secondly, it's discipleship focus. Now, the question is, Corey, why is it that you want to first be outreach-oriented and then make disciples? Because Jesus says this. He says, go and make disciples and then teach them. <laughs> and so we just want to follow Jesus' order. That's it. He gave us an order. We want to follow it. Okay. Uh, community groups. Uh, th- these are, you know, uh, starting right now, by the way. And if, if you haven't jumped in, there's still time. Um, and so uh, this is something that we um, want to learn more about what, you know, Christ has commanded us to do through community groups, okay? The next thing is our community outreach. I was talking to someone just before the service, and they said, hey, yeah, I used to go to this church. They, you know, we, like we weren't, like, talking about, you know, this, uh, we were talking about a specific church without talking about a specific church, but they said this. They said, I just want to be at a church that's in the community. I want to be at a church that's, like, doing outreach in the community, and that church wasn't, and so I left. Um, I, I think that's a fine reason to leave a church, truly. And, and here's, like, let, let me just show you what we're doing here at Redemption, what we've done and what we want to keep doing. One is a block party. And so we have uh, we have block party trailer. And uh, this summer was a little, like, a little lackadaisical on, you know, for some reasons. But uh, it's going to be coming back. And so this is from the Johnsons uh, this past year. They had, like, 100-plus people. Uh, they called the fire department. It was awesome. Um, not to, like, put out a fire, but just, like, so kids could touch the truck, right, the whole, like, touch a truck thing. Um, and, and then we have, like, you know, bounce houses and all these things. And, like, the church, like, we have it's all in a trailer, and we just pull it up, and we throw this, like, awesome party. It's dope. And so you should come be a part of it. Um, by the way, on September 24th, uh, the Johnsons are going to be throwing another one. It's not for you to attend because it's a block party. It's for their neighbors. But this is what you can do. You can serve. And so, like, we need, we need volunteers to serve. We need people to make an impact in the community. And so if you want to do that, come talk to me because I need four or five of you uh, for that. And so it's going to be great. So that's that. Um, the next thing, uh, so we have some couple opportunities coming up here. One is Kirkrock. Uh, Kirkrock is um, coming up on the 24th, and it's being put on by Chris Ave and uh, and actually uh, Chris Horton's band, the 141s, is going to be playing in it. Come on, Chris Horton, let's go, 141s, give it up for them. Uh, and they have some concerts coming up, and so check them out. Um, Chris is not going to be there at that concert, by the way. I think he has a wedding or something to go to, but but anyway, uh, but we okay. So this is really cool. They called us and they go, hey. Like, could you help us out? I was like, absolutely. And they go, um, could you, like, provide the volunteers? Yes, for sure. How many do you need? Uh, like, six. I was like, how about we make it ten? And he goes, great. And so, like, we're going to provide ten volunteers for that. And, and we're going to take care of the trash. And, and we're going to keep water tables stocked. And we're going to help out with the green rooms and all these other things. But we're going to serve in the community because we want to do that, right? We, we, uh, we want to be loving our community. Um, the, the, the next thing there, just above that, you see is Hands on Kirkwood. That's always the first Saturday in October. We want to uh, connect there and, and, and just serve the community of Kirkwood. Um, and then uh, below that, Kirk Care and Young Life are two organizations that we've helped support in the past. And so we have some Young Life leaders here tonight. Awesome. And, uh, we, you know, we want to continue to give them money. We want to continue to give them uh, volunteers. And so if you're interested in loving some high school students, please talk to me because it's an awesome way uh, to make disciples. Okay, so that's the outreach. All right, discipleship, uh, that happens through, uh, we're starting something here soon called Seminary Without Walls. And it's basically going to be like a seminary for lay people who don't have all the time to go to seminary, but they want to know more about Jesus and, and, and you know, uh, potentially get into ministry through that. So we're starting that, okay? Classes, we have those that happen. Uh, Discovery Bible Study uh, Method, if you're interested in reading the Bible, that's how we read the Bible with people. It's really easy to understand. And so we'd love to get you connected to that. 
And how do we know if these strategies are working? Our goals. That's it. So the last part there, goals, where and when. Uh, this is the where and when we will get there. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. Okay, so uh, we hosted eight pool parties this summer. Actually, that's a lie. We hosted seven. One was like super hot. It was like 110 degree heat index or whatever. Nobody wanted to be outside, so we called it, okay? But uh, we, we did host seven other pool parties. It was, it was, it was amazing, and, and people were hanging out, getting to know each other. It was awesome. Um, by the way, is it hot in this room? I feel like I'm hot right now. Speaking of heat, I don't think the, I don't think the air is working. Uh, I don't know how to fix it. Sorry. Um, this is like a brand new building, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there's passcodes to all this stuff or something. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know my own passwords to anything. Somebody asked me the other day. PJ was like, well, just download the app, and I was like, I don't know my password. He was like, to your Apple, like, and I was like, yeah, I don't know it. And I had my helmet on. Uh, I ride a motorcycle right now. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, not that you think I'm cooler because of it, but I think it's cool. And uh, and so I, I'm like, I, I did the whole like face recognition thing, and it was not working. And he's like, well, just use your password. And I'm like. Why am I talking about this? I told you I was going to breeze through, and I'm slamming on, on this stuff. Anyway, okay. Uh, all right, so uh, okay, so so here, we, we already did that. It was awesome. All right, so here, here are goals that are coming up, okay? Five things. Number one, host five small outreach nights. We have these coming up this um, this fall. I'm excited about them. The first one is the tailgate night, and so we're going to be uh, watching the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's my, my team. Uh, play Notre Dame. By the way, we would choose a better game if a better game was on that week, but I promise you it's not. But it's opening weekend, and so it's going to be great. It's going to be a really good game, and so come hang out. We're going to have a bunch of meat there. Like, people are, like, grilling meats. If you're a vegan, bring your vegetables. I don't know what you do. Um, but anyway, September 3rd, okay? I don't, I'm not about that life. All right, so September 3rd, okay, 6 p.m., we're going to be hanging out at the Ericsson's, okay? So bring friends. Like, seriously, bring friends. I invited a bunch of people from the Chamber of Commerce. We'll see if they come, um, but I hope they do. And uh, yeah, so tailgate party, okay? Um, there's that. The second thing is we have a pickleball tournament coming up, so save the date, okay, let's go, uh, October 15th, I just saw some of you go, pickleball, what, yeah, all right, pickleball, October 15th, okay, it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be in Kirkwood, uh, they're the ones that called us back and gave us a good deal, so uh, it's going to be great, the bars are putting it on, all right, bars, raise your hand, just wave, okay, do your thing, all right, so Jane and Rachel, they're going to be putting it on, it's going to be dope, all right, so uh, we need some volunteers there, by the way, so if you're not a pickleball person, like, come let me know, because truly, uh, we want to make sure that we're hospitable to these people. We want to give them water and Cheez-Its and stuff. I don't know, like cool things and just like, you know, um, again, like take care of people, okay? So pickleball tournament. Number three, board game night. This is for the weirdos. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. This is for the, the settlers of Catan. Okay, yeah, awesome. Why are you the way that you are? Okay, uh, and then uh, number four, puzzle night, okay? Uh, we're going to have a puzzle night. It's awesome. I already bought the puzzles. They're like, they're branded redemption stuff. It's cool. And then it's going to be like their 110-piece puzzle night or puzzles, and then like two or three people go together on a team. They put them together, and the winning team, it's time. The winning team gets gas gift cards. It's going to be awesome. So anyway, uh, and then a crafts night. If you're like all crafty and you love stuff, crafts night, okay? Meredith's helping out with that one, right, Meredith? Yep, Meredith's helping out. And so it's going to be great, okay? Uh, all right, number two, uh, we're going to grow our current impact team by 30%. So our impact team volunteers, people that are in the shirts right now and sit, uh, the, 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 the shirts say um, in the community, for the community. Okay, these right here. Um, they are our volunteers, and so we're going to be growing that by 30%, and the reality is we can do that by those who are in this room who aren't yet volunteering, so step up, okay? Um, and uh, we, have an, we have a class coming up in two weeks called the Impact Hour class, and so uh, we want to be looking at, through that class, how you can make an impact, not just in this church, but in the community. And uh, by the way, um, that class is also going to talk about um, redemption. And if you have any questions about redemption, it's going to be answered at this class. And so if you've ever been to a church before and they do like a church blank 101 or whatever, it's this, okay? So impact hour. But, you know, we want to make sure that we are uh, pushing people toward making an impact. Okay, uh, but here's the deal. We can only make an impact at our capacity to serve. That's it. So if you're like, yeah, I can't do it, I'm too busy. Then we can't make an impact. We can't. Like, 
Redemption can't make an impact. This is not like, have you ever seen uh, any company where the CEO is like, yeah, I do it all? No, right? Not any successful company. And so uh, we can only make an impact at our capacity to serve. Okay, so uh, if you've been through these doors, you've been impacted. Like people have welcomed you and you've loved it, and so make sure that you make an impact for somebody else. Number three, uh, grow our monthly giving by 10%. This isn't as hard as you think. Truly, I, th I don't think it's as hard as you think it is. And, uh, and so we want to be uh, having a more significant impact um, on ministries here at the church, uh, on our community. And for us to do that, we have to have a greater obedience to giving toward God and, and, and back to God. Uh, the truth is this here, that we can only move at the speed of your generosity. That's it. We can only move at the speed of your generosity. And I promise you this, this is like, I love saying this because it's true. Um, I'm not asking you to do anything that the, the staff isn't already doing. In the last year, I've had the, the, the privilege to up my giving twice because at the end of the day, um, God's blessed me in some ways and he's urged me to do so. And so as a staff, okay, as a staff, we give to this church. Like some people think like, well, as a staff, you don't give, you just expect us to give. No, it's not true because it's a spiritual issue. If we're going to follow Christ, we all give, right? And so uh, we want to grow our giving by 10%. Um, and we all need to grow in our giving journey. Like think of it, not, not like you do it or you don't do it, but like how can you grow on that journey, okay? We all need to grow in our giving journey. The fourth thing is this. The final thing is this, that we need to find a Sunday morning meeting solution. <sighs> okay, so this past week, I'm sitting here with uh, uh, this guy, Todd, a friend of mine, and I said, man, you would love redemption. Like you and your wife, Amy, they would, you guys would love it. You have to come. And he's like, okay, totally. And I like sold him, right? And he's like, what time is it? I was like, this Sunday, 5 p.m. And he's like, I'm in. He pulls out his phone, click, 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 opens some stuff, turns his phone around. And I'm like, oh, baseball tournament, right? Covers the entire day. Because the reality is this, that 5 p.m. on a Sunday has its perks, but it's not the greatest time in the world to have church for those who are not yet connected to redemption. And so we have to get to a Sunday morning. Uh, but here's the unfortunate thing. The unfortunate thing is, due to some recent revelations, um, the possibility of, uh, of, of the Groves partnership is over. And so there's no way that we're going to be moving forward uh, with them right now. That's okay. It's not a bad thing in the end. But I need to let you know that. It's over. And so we continue to search for a Sunday morning possibility, okay? We continue to search for that. A clear no is good because it always opens up a clear yes later. And so join us in praying for that. Join us in trying to find a way for us to get to Sunday morning so that we can see our neighbors, friends, and family meet, know, and live for Jesus. We can only make an impact at our capacity to serve, and we can only move at the speed of your generosity. So all this plays together, okay, these four things. Host five small outreach nights. Grow our current impact team by 30%. Grow in our monthly giving by 10%. Find a Sunday morning meeting solution. And these are not a la carte. Like they're a smoothie that all go together. And so we need to make sure that we are working on all these things uh, to move forward together. Okay. Vision culture. Why are we the way that we are? I think some churches say we are X, Y, and Z uh, at blank, right? But rarely do we as churches, we don't do a great job of going into the why. And so I hope this makes sense for you. I, I hope it cleared some things up for you. Um, if you have any questions, if things are unclear, let me know. Like, let's sit down and talk about it. If these things don't jive with you, also let me know. I'll help you find another church. Because this is the DNA at redemption. This is who we are. Like, unapologetically, this is who we are. 
And, uh, and if that's not who you are, that's okay. We're not asking you to be something you're not. But I want to make sure that we get you in a church. Okay? Um, so what is your part in this? If, if we're going to move this forward together, if we're going to see the kingdom of God grow together, if we're going to throw, you know, awesome, dope block parties together, um, dope is an adjective, there won't be dope there, right? Uh, if we're going to be hosting pickleball tournaments and board game nights, uh, you know, for the cool kids and the weird kids, I'm joking. Um, but if we're going to host all these things together, if we're going to be uh, on mission together, then what's your part in this? What's God calling you to do? So I want you to ask yourself this question, what is my part in this? How are you carrying out the values of redemption, the behaviors of redemption, living for Jesus, spending time with God, connecting in circles, making an impact and growing in generosity? And, and, and I think as we focus on these, I, I think what you can say is this, that like, hey, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Jesus, right? Like, so like, real simple, like when I drop my kids off for school, I'm going to be super nice to their teacher, done, live for Jesus. No, don't, come on. Uh, you know, don't wimp out on this. The second thing, oh, spend time with God. I'm going to pray before meals. Done. Corey, preacher, got it. Conviction over. No, no, no. Like the hard ones for you. Is it connecting circles? You need to slow down and just connect? Do it. Is it making an impact? that you, You've been to redemption for a year and a half, two years, and you haven't jumped in and said, I, you know what, this is my church, and I'm going to make sure that I'm volunteering at this church, and I'm going to see it become something great. I'm going to be a part of this. If that hasn't been you yet, like why not? And if you're at a place where you're like, yeah, I've never given to redemption, why not? And so be considering this. What is my part in this? Because redemption. May we never forget this. There's nothing like being found when you're lost. May we never forget that. There's nothing like, do you remember when you were lost and then you were found? There's nothing like being found when you're lost. May we always remember that feeling we were first saved by Christ, and I pray that we always understand that we exist for them for the sake of him. And lastly, may we always be working to love the least, the last, the lost, and the leftovers. Because Jesus said this, when Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And so we are a church on the move, we're gonna go. Um, Father, I thank you so much for uh, giving us a vision that um, didn't come from me. I, I don't know. I, sometimes I just feel too dumb to come up with these things. Um, there's nothing special about me or nothing special about us, but God, there's something special about the vision that you give a church. God, I pray that everything we said today, I pray that it would clearly answer the question why we are the way that we are. Not better church is different um, but God I pray that we would live in our difference, that we would fulfill that difference because that difference is beautiful it's unique so God I pray that you would um, you would help us fulfill it, that you would help us uh, serve at a greater capacity that you'd help, help us move at the speed of a greater generosity and Lord I pray that the next six months that we would be able to uh, host these, these outreach nights and we'd be able to uh, reach people who don't yet know you I pray that you would ordain today opportunities this week for people in this room to tell other people about you and to invite them to redemption for next week. And, uh, and God, I pray that you would bless the rest of this series as we talk about what's mission critical for this church and uh, 
it's all for your love. So we love you, and it's all these things we ask in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.